Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast with your hosts Kamande and Kigondu. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Busy Being Born podcast. It feels like we've been recording for the last couple of minutes. Amazing. I wish we were. I wish we were. Yeah. And the reason is we've been discussing a lot. Uh, a lot. It is fine. A lot around suffering. Yeah, and, yes. and, and basic and, and philosophy too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's yeah. gone intense, Mazi. So let's pick up from there. Karibu yeah. to another episode. Well. And um, yeah, thank you for joining with us so far. We have another episode, and as you've already seen, another great, great, magnificent guest. We yeah. are honored to have her with us today. We definitely are, Maze. I'm a t-shirt here. Wait, I thought you are a DC fan. I am a DC fan, but uh, Black Panther made an exception. Ah, okay. Yeah, DC people are weird, but it is what it is. To take your argument too, yeah. it is well. Yeah. I fantastic. Twende kazi. Twende kazi. This episode is brought to you by. Prevail presents. Abu ni miacha kujiskia. We're good. Okay. I have proceed to <laughs> the late. <laughs> this episode is utakatepa. This episode is brought to you by Prevail Presents. It's actually pretty okay. Watch I care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Prevail Presents is a Kenyan-based arts company that produces stage, screen and cultural productions with a proclivity for profound and riveting performances. The company endeavors to create and develop platforms that inspire application and consumption of art beyond entertainment. Check out their latest stage and film projects. They are back at theaters and slash or a festival near you. This time with a Martin Kigondu one-person performance titled Supernova. Um, is that coming to... Yeah, it's coming somewhere near you. Eh? Nice. And they'll soon follow that up with the release of their latest short film, Kanudu. Check them out on their socials for dates and details and show up and follow whenever you can. They are Prevail Presents, P-R-E-V-A-I-L Presents on both Facebook and Instagram. Prevail presents gems beyond entertainment. Gems beyond entertainment, for sure. For sure, we have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a guest. <laughs> Question: Are they brilliant? Of course they are. Are they? Um, are they representing the motherland? Eh, they are. Although the addressing today does not seem to show. But Black them. Panther. Black Panther. Yes, Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, the motherland, of course. The okay. motherland. So the motherland. they are representing. They are representing the motherland. The motherland. Yeah. In fact, from uh, her latest book, oh, she's definitely very much yeah. representing the motherland. And last but not least, are they busy being born? They are busy being born every single second every single second was even you could tell from the conversations we've had right before I've, I've, we started i'm loving it hey let's keep going tell us more ladies and gentlemen our guest today is an author a sales and marketing professional and a, an all-around smart cool and bubbly queen of a human being an alumnus of the uh, university of nairobi where she studied journalism and majored in development communication our guest today Worked for supporting empowering women, SEW Tanzania as a sales manager. Following her passion in writing, she started Just Do It Write, a creative writing program for women in Langata Women Prison in Nairobi. And she now works for Total Care Box Africa Trust as yes. a marketing executive. <laughs> Away from the office, besides cycling and other passions, she slings words and sharpens stories. 
recently launching her debut novel, The Leaves of May, a book that follows the story of May, Lily, and Sheche, three women from three generations inexorably linked. A novel covered with culture, drama, dance, love, laughter, bees, flowers, pain, and power. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is the one and the only, very brilliant, Mudoni Maina. Karibu sana. Oh my God, can oh, I like get you guys as my hype man? <laughs> when anxiety comes, I'm just like playing the... This is uh, bubbly, amazing. And then I'll be like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is you can always listen to this intro. This right? is true. Yeah, you can always listen to it. If you're feel, feeling anxious, you're having some imposter syndrome, you can always plug in the first part of this podcast whenever. For sure, Maze. Karibu sana. We are honored to have you. Thank you so much for having me. Like, uh, Sante sana, Martin, Kamande, Jackie, Abu. And the plants also. <laughs> <laughs> Abu, Abu, Abu has, has gotten a new name to decorate your yeah. plant dad. She's a, he's a plant dad. He's eh? a plant dad. Eh? I love that. That's what's up, Good to have you. Your, your, your latest project sponsored one of our episodes. Uh, so we're excited for that. Asante Sana will talk about the book. Okay. But even before people interact with your work as, a, as an author, let's talk about who you are, Maze. Me, you are awkward when uh, we are interviewing people I know because, mm. yeah, I guess I know a lot about Do you. you. Do you? So, yeah, then I get surprised. An hour later, Nico, holy shit. Okay, you could cast, by the way. Noise. Uh, well, I don't. Do you cast, by the way? I, I, I have. Um, I have like a like a nice version of cussing like oh, yeah. fart 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 oh, or fudge yeah. fudge fudge because okay. my mom is um very against uh, she's against swearing yeah my mother is such a wholesome vanilla woman yeah and so when I use fuck like I'm like fuck 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 my mother is like oh my god I know I did not raise you to talk yeah. like that yeah um so what I do is like I embellish or I use like uh, I also don't like the French word for fuck puta uh -huh. so I just go like I know what I'm saying we didn't know it now we can puta, use it as well uh -huh. um but um I'll use like fat because because I, I am I, like fat as in yeah. fart yeah like kushuta. yeah and um yeah. and then I, I get very silly with one of my cousins we're so stupid together so when we're together we say <laughs> yeah <also laughs> we, we could actually start there <laughs> let's talk about where where you're from family cousins yes. uh, mom and everything tell yeah. us a bit about that oh my gosh writing this book has made me appreciate so much mm -hmm. about my family um i i remember uh watching Mary Poppins as a child, because those days used to borrow tapes. So I think someone had that tape, then we borrowed. And there's a scene, um, one of the kids, their mother, the father was a banker and the mother was a suffragette. And there was a song, our daughters, daughters will adore us. You know, because she's, they're fighting for the vote. So as a kid, I was like, okay, why is this woman like, you know, I didn't understand. So the idea of, being so grateful for the sacrifices the grandparents made. You know, the fact that we're here means like maybe even a thousand years ago, we had an ancestor who battled, you know, disease. They survived COVID, <laughs> you know, their version of COVID. <laughs> we survived COVID, so we'll have progeny after. But writing this book has made me appreciate so much about my grandparents. Um, I did um, a family tree recently. My grandfather on my mother's side was born in 1910. And he had three, uh, two siblings. 
and he had 15 children. Okay. And he married my grandmother when she was 14. Mm-hmm. I think I got so traumatized when I was doing the family tree. And he was 30, maybe in mid-30s, late-30s. When he married her, she was a second wife. And my mother comes from that line. And my mother was the seventh child of their second wife, sorry. And so when you start seeing their stories, because, you know, in my book, I go back during colonial era and you're imagining, is that okay? You're imagining what it must have been like for them so I have so I have such a deep appreciation for everybody's grandparents now, um, the sacrifices they made, the the things they did for us to be where we are. Because the you know it's because your grandmother and your mother did something that's why you're here today, and I think that's something. And I you know that I like this quote: "Walk like you have a thousand ancestors behind mm-hmm. you." And I wish I could know more even about my great grandparents, but there aren't any records. But I have such a deep deep appreciation of yeah. everybody's grandparents. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kigoni and I were just talking about um, in the previous, in the last episode about our birthdays and that's one of the things that came up, just the preciousness of human birth. Mm. Like it's a gift to be here and yes. that gift, we owe that to everyone who comes before, before us. us. Mm. Our parents, our grandparents. Mm. And it's a beautiful, it's a gift to be alive. It Maybe is. I don't think we realize that. That's the only way we're doing this. Um, we are happy to be alive. Uh, yeah. Your yeah. parents got busy yeah. for you to get born. <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah. Is. Hey, word play. Good. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's go a little bit. Let's place it on the ground. Mm. So where is this? Where are your grandparents? Where is home? Uh, tell us then how you came to being. Um, well, I doing this also, I discovered I don't know my ancestral land. Being a Kikuyu, we were, you know, displaced. And my grandfather worked in Nakuru. He was a clerk for the British. So my mom often tells me that my 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 um, grandfather had very good handwriting. My mother has very good. And I strive to have really good handwriting. So sometimes I write and people are like, I really like your handwriting. Um, so he worked for them. And then I think even that's why he was able to marry my grandmother. Because my grandmother also had Maasai blood. Thank you, Shosho, for the genes. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> When the Mau Mau thing broke off, all Kikuyus were seen as enemies, so he was fired. And so he, but because he worked as a clerk, he was able to buy a small piece of land in Kagonye. It's very small. Like for me, as the, I don't know, number 30 grandchild, like I have no place in that Ushago. Who is Kagonye? Nyeri. Nyeri. I'm sorry. Uh, Mahiga. That's where I come from. Um, so when you tell people you don't have a shags, people think you're being snobby. But I actually don't because, again, I am the child of the second wife and of a daughter. So now that my grandparents have passed away, it's gone to his kids from his first wife. So I don't really have, like, most people ask me that. I just know I'm from there, but I don't go there, like, for sh- for holiday and stuff. And then sometimes people look at you like you're being snobby, but then they don't understand the social, historical context of that. But I go there and it's beautiful. I like going there and imagining, like just breathing in the history. But we, I think, I think maybe from my dad's side of the family, they have my uncle has a really deep history because his his grandfather was a paramount chief. So the guy's for Larry Massacre, and he's uh, Shosho recently passed away. Like uh, where are we like two months ago, and she's the daughter of a chief. So she went to. She she was baptized in Tigoni, but they were also moved away from Tigoni after the Second World War, hence the Larry Massacre. Mm. So you get this context of, you know, this rich history. And also his father 
fought in the World War in Burma. And that's something, you know, this book that I've written is three women points of view, but I have such a burden now, book two. It's going to be men. I'm writing, I want to explore Africans in World War II, what it was like. So Kikuyus and other tribes and other people from French-speaking countries, like Bokassa, mm-hmm. went to Vietnam, got a woman pregnant, and was like, I want to look for my daughter because he was also an orphan. So this idea of Africans going to Asia to fight the world war for liberty and freedom and then home, like go back to colonization. You're done. We fought Hitler, but then go back and be, a, you know, our subjects. No, but um, that history, like the more and more you, you like for you, you can imagine, Kamande, what was it like for your grandparent in 1920, 1930, 1940, 1950? Um, it's incredible. So home from my mom's side is from Nyeri. My, my father's side, my great-grandfather was in the Mau Mau, Guka uh, Kanyora. And we also don't know, we can't trace our land, also the ones who migrated. So they grew up in Kawangware. So, um, yeah, there's no, there's, I, I'm told um, from dad's side I'm from Nyeri, but we don't know exactly where. And my dad grew up in Nairobi, my grandmother grew up. So people are like, what do you mean? Like, like you know, people think like you're being snobby. You're like, no, you know. <laughs> no, you're, you're far better than a lot of us, Maze. I don't think we could go more than two generations back. Yeah. yeah um, so, yeah, tell us more. Where, where did you grow up now that Shagoroko unaenda sana? I grew up in Turi and okay. I dream of going back there. Over. Wait, so how did you go from Nyeri and Ongoaro to Turi? Turi is somewhere in Molo. Apuru, Molo, right? Yeah, it's like a tiny village. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom worked there as a secretary in the accounts office in a, one of the most beautiful international schools. So I grew up around horse. Okay, I I was I, I would like I like call it uh, I I had a proximity to wealth. Okay, we were not particularly wealthy, but we were around wealthy children. Like um, they had stables. Um, they had play. I mean, such a beautiful place. Like when I look back, it's so green. Whew so green the green and the trees oh my god i i dream about it all the time um but i i always felt out of place i remember one time you um the the like the earlier the years the more inclusive it was it's so ironic like uh, as i grew up in turi they became less inclusive the more the headmasters changed so the younger i was we had access to the swimming pool as children of staff, lower staff. And you have to remember there were no black teachers at the time. In the 90s, black teachers came like in the 2000s. And also the African parents preferred their children. Like if you have that kind of money, you prefer your child being taught by... A foreigner. A foreigner, yes. So we were... All the stuff that was black was lower staff, okay? So the younger I was, the more inclusive they were for for staff. So we could use the pool. We could go watch the plays. Actually, the first play I ever watched in my life was Fantastic Mr. Fox. It was amazing by Radal. I even watched uh, Wizard of Oz. Anyway, um, but I always felt like I didn't belong. Like, you know, you saw those kids, the way they spoke, um, the things they, you know, like you'd go pick an apple and then you'd see someone picking a green apple and you're like, guy, was I supposed to pick the green one? Is the green one the cool one? Um, but I always felt so out of place. I remember one parent gave me 3D glasses and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm just, you know, 
I'm a nobody. <laughs> don't give me, don't don't even notice me. And I have an older brother and that it's different for him. Like him, he walked in like, yes, I, I deserve to be here. I I love it here. Whereas for me, I was always like, oh my God, like, you know, you felt that demarcation. Um, but that's where I grew up. I went to Molo Academy and then I went to Oasis Junior in Naivasha. And then high school, I went to Pangani Girls, which was amazing. And then I went to University of Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you've mentioned a bit about growing up in Turi. Yeah. And the proximity to wealth. Yes. Um, People who f- like literally like land their planes to go like, like cars are like basic. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, So that and the fact that you seem to have a very good handle, like Mato said, more than most of us in terms of, you know, our history. Mm. Yeah. So at what point did you pick up that component of, you know, trying to be in tune with your history or is that something that uh, you've picked up later on in life? Or did you recognize those aspects even when you're growing up in Turi? You know, I think as a child, I was always an observer. So I, growing up in an environment around white people and and very, very, very wealthy children, the children of presidents, you know, the children of, you know, you know the, the kind of children I'm talking about. So... I thought that, I think there's a point I thought you could choose your race, okay? So I think we must have been four years old. My mom, I was like, don't rub so hard. I want to pick. I want to be a white person. Because when I grew up there, I noticed, hey, yeah, these guys have a certain way of doing things. Their houses are bigger. The place is cleaner. You know, there's like a, you know, you're looking over the other side of the fence and you're like, damn, these people are like, like, hey, things are different. So you know where your lower staff is staying versus where they're staying. You're like, hey, okay. Like, I, this is... So my mom looked at me and she laughed. Mm-hmm. She's like, what? <laughs> because, like, I thought you could... Because I, I think I must have been four or five. I thought you could choose. And I was like, okay, I'm going to... And then I think she told me something. And then I, I was like, oh, no, 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 sweet, sweetie, this is what you are. This is all that there is. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be black? And, you know, I could feel... You could feel the divisions even where I was living, you know. You could feel like how these people are treated versus how you're treated is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking, why? Why are we, why is this difference? So I, it was put in me as a child. And why am I considered the one who's not good enough? Why is it because I'm de- like, even growing up, I have cousins who also can trace their history to like English, um, this English settlers. So I have, as we call them here in Kenya, pointy cousins. So when you're growing up with them, they're, they, you know, they look down on you because of the color of your skin. So these are your cousins. The boys were supposed to lift you up telling you, you know, nobody likes, nobody likes you dark skinned or your hair is hard. Because then they have like, like this is your family. And so you, you're like, why? Why though? So like for me, the question, why? Why is being darker considered less beautiful? Why is my hair, the texture that it is, considered less attractive? So I wanted to answer those questions. And I, that's why I think I went into a journey. And the more I got into it, like I said, I mentioned James Baldwin. I think about him so much. I love the fire next time because he takes it from Genesis when God says, I'm not going to send water. I'm going to bring fire next time. And it's about black identity and it's all a lie. And I love what he said. Um, again, 
oh my god james baldwin right now i'm having like a whole james baldwin <laughs> moment but he says i am not a negro but ask yourself why i must be a negro to you ask yourself why i have to be in fear you're the one who needs it okay me i'm fine like as a human being me i'm fine me i'm living my life i'm doing my thing i have my faculties i'm i wake up in the morning i do whatever one two three but you come into my space and tell me you give me this title you say maybe i'm barbaric i'm behind i'm dark skinned i have a wide brimmed nose why why though you know what why why do you need to have this dominance over me so i think I I said searching why 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 and then now you know you discover all these things are a lie like for instance and I think about it um I love the, the book I read last year Dune because the movie came out I hadn't read the book but I think it's one of the most amazing books that describes colonialism because it's um they in space and they're going to Arrakis and they send the Bene Gesserit which is like the missionaries fast to go and 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 subdue the locals who have spice that the entire galaxy needs to be li- so wherever a benedictorite goes they cannot be harmed so it's almost like a priest <laughs> yeah 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 it's like a missionary I, yeah exactly that's why i found it so profound i was like frank habert where have you been all my life but it was so profound because they go and then they start telling you you get 1 2 3 so by the time they start bringing the, the the army and they start bringing the people who are mining the spice you already complicit like god like oh yeah the benedictorite are you know this religion 1 2 3 and um it's 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 so incredible because you start to discover all these things that you are told were a lie you know you're told you're dark therefore not beautiful that's a lie the texture of my hair is is amazing i love my hair you're told you guys didn't have language that's a lie you guys didn't have history that's a lie you guys didn't have science that's a lie so you go like okay this is your problem not mine so i think that's why i said asking myself why why though why should i be like why should i not have access because of the you know as a, even as a child i was like why though and then you like you you go like you notice small things and you go like why then you discover wait it's not your problem it's actually the world's problem and then once you have make peace with that you're okay yeah 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 and and the um, I'm a, obviously you didn't grow by yourself you're a brother uh, many any yes. other siblings yes i do um i have never met <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah we we'll go into that but did did they have did they come out of this experience seeing things in a similar way questioning asking the wise was their perspective similar or uh did they see things differently did they see things to date differently than you do i think i think i put it so well um my brother never felt like he didn't belong in those in like he walked in and he's like yo you know whereas for me i was like i you know I, i'm thinking like imposter syndrome since i was a child like literally this, this really kind parent is offering me glasses to watch the play i don't even know why we needed 3d glasses but i was like i'm fine just just ignore me <laughs> you know i'm just like a but my brother never felt that way and i think that's incredible um i can't really speak to his experiences but like from my point of view from the way i observe him is like he doesn't have he's not afraid to dream like i do um he's not afraid to want things like i'll give you an example i did french in alliance 
I think, I can't remember which year. And there was a French trip to go to Nice. And it was like 300,000. My mom's like, it's okay, we can pay. I was like, that's a lot of money. No, it's okay. Like, I don't want to. And, and, and that time, the money was available. You know what I mean? But I was so, I, I, I've, I've, I was so in that space of, of like, oh, whereas my brother would be like, yo, like, let's make this happen. Um, and I'm really trying to get out of that because everything is mindset because everything starts in the mind. And I really want to get myself out of, and that's what I was talking about, like listening to the intro, because a lot of, I think my biggest critic, nobody beats myself. Nobody beats me harder than I beat myself. Like you don't even have to. That's why I think with people like me, I I couldn't be around a critic because the critic is already inside of me. You know what I mean? Like don't add fuel to the fire. So I, I can't really speak to his experiences. That would be interesting to know. But I think the thing that I noticed is that he never felt out of place, whereas I did. And I think that was incredible. Um, let, let's pick on that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, you've just said, I felt like I didn't belong, yeah? Yeah. Uh, at what point, if it happened in your childhood, yeah, did you ever feel, okay, now... I sort of belong. Is it later in life? Is it in high school? Is it finally when things are just around you? When did you ever feel like, okay, yeah, this is more home to me? I've never <laughs> had that feeling. That is yet? Yeah, I've always felt like um, an odd person. And um, it's it's just, you just, like, do you feel too much? Do you care too much? Do you talk the truth too much? Um, I remember uh, in primary school, I got bullied when I went to boarding school. And I had... Shiny- Oasis. Yes, Oasis. Oasis. Yes, yes. I had shiny shoes, okay? And then they framed me that I stole Kiwi. And I don't need Kiwi. So they took me to... I remember Mr. Pondo's office. And these were my peers. And I was crying. Like, these girls were so me. I still see them on Facebook. And I'm like, girl, you know. <laughs> fat them. Fat them. <laughs> no, fat them. Fat them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I remember, and I remember telling Mr. Opondo, why would I steal Kiwi? I don't need Kiwi. I have shiny shoes. Like, you know, those black shoes that you just wipe. And, um, yeah. But um, it's, it's, it's so interesting where you feel like you can't, like, you're trying to bond with people and you just can't get an in so i used to be friends actually the time even i used to be in the class seven dorm i think when i was in class eight because i was not comfortable with my own classmates and then i had a friend called todda and we loved harry potter so much and also todda was a bit of like she was like me so we were really really close because we bonded and i put a a bts photo of us throwback thursday and she's like i almost didn't survive without you because i remember you know how children can be vicious um, we loved Harry Potter and we thought we were going to get our owls at 12. We genuinely thought like we're going to Hogwarts, <laughs> the, the, the dreamers over here. Um, but I never, I've never, I, I, most of the people I talk to are over 50 and then I'm very good with kids. I'm not very good with people my own age. Um, like I remember when I worked in Tanzania, I had no friends because I couldn't find anyone I could connect with except people who are older than me and or kids. So within, like even right now, 
um, I, I do have a sense of belonging in Total Care Box because we share similar values because it's an organization. Like we recently got a thousand boxes for a thousand mothers in Langata Women's Prison in Kenyatta National Hospital. Um, in some of them are even going to Mombasa. So being around midwives, being around women who care about children. So when you have similar values, you find a sense of belonging. But which is incredible because that's a professional life. But still, that thing for like among your peers, finding mm. that I still struggle. Okay, um, and we we will definitely we have time for this. We'll go into all this, yeah. yeah. Uh, time in TZ, time at Toto, and all that. Um, yeah. But in terms of the spaces where you felt you didn't need to think about belonging, it yeah. could be in books, it could be in Harry Potter, it could yeah. be in things that you did. Yeah. Can you can you uh, sort of remember moments in your childhood where you felt in these moments, I really didn't, that wasn't a, a thought in my head, whether to belong or not. Because for instance, I was smack in the in the middle of this Harry Potter world. <laughs> yeah, so was it in books that you disappeared? What, what things did yes. you disappear into? Yes, oh my God. Um, I had a, uh, I, I started cycling very early. I had a, <laughs> Purple BMX and Turi was just an amazing place to cycle. I went there as a grown-up and, and you know, as a child, even that hill, I was like, this was not so far. You know, as a child, like the distances, I went to the roads, but I used to cycle. And, you know, it was pretty safe. We didn't have any of that. Like your mother, you you can leave the house at, at 8 and come back at 6 p.m. And there's nobody, you know, that, that fear that people have. In fact, your mother knows you're fine. And we didn't even have cell phones. So you leave the house at 8. You go around. We used to have picnics ar- across the river. So I really disappeared a lot into nature. And it was self-soothing. And I had a, actually my, I had a dog with named Beethoven because of the film. We weren't very creative. And my dog at that time, he was a big dog. He was a mongrel, but he came out like really beautifully. Um, He was, he, he, it's like my dog used to sense when I was in pain. It was so incredible and would comfort me. So um, I would disappear just with Beethoven and my bike and go wherever. Like, because even when I was five, five years old, I used to know how to walk from Mola Academy to the house. Like one day, I remember, I think my brother was in like upper primary and my mother was taking forever. And I was like, you know what? I know the way to get home. So I walked home. My mother is wondering where her child is. And she patters me in the house. I've already showered. I've eaten. And I'm there. I'm like, yo, my mother, do you know? Like, you know, so she chappered me and I was like, why am I being punished? I'm home. I'm safe. So I always had this thing of like running away. Yeah, by the way, I used to retreat a lot. And the books, yes. Um, When I was in Mola Academy, the teachers didn't teach much. Like you'd have a class, the teacher is not coming. So you just grab a book. I remember I loved Good News Bible because it was illustrated. Do you remember the way it was? Mm. I was like, oh, okay, let me just like CRE. But you're like, it's not CRE, you're interested. So I'd come home and tell my mom, Mom, did you know like this Nili is unclean? It says that in Leviticus. So that, again, you go to school. And I think that's why like school was changed because like teachers never used to come for classes. It was and they don't it never even finished like at you know the way you have a book. Like class four, the by, syllabus. Yeah, the syllabus. Like if you pass, you pass. If you, you know. So that would be the best time to read a book because the child hasn't come to class. And then even when they're in class, you're like, damn, um, you know, I could have been reading. Why did you have to come for the lesson now? Yeah. So books, yeah. Books for my friends, for sure. Books yeah. and dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Beethoven. Yes, Beethoven. Are there any particular 
uh, books you remember from childhood? Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. There was one, uh, an African book, but I can't, the illustrations were so beautiful. Do you remember the illustrations for the books for Tene? So good. There was one about two girls and they had a, and I remember there was a song and I still play it in my mind. Beautiful God, beautiful God, come to me. So it's like, I can't remember the story, but you're supposed to put the guard and then it was supposed to come back to you. And it was like a collection of short stories. There was another man going to weddings. So he goes to wedding one. He's like, hey, no, wedding two is even better. So he goes to wedding two and the guys are like, wedding three is lit. So he misses. And then he gets to wedding four. It's already over. And it was so well illustrated. And I remember Dr. Seuss a lot. Um, redfish, bluefish, yellowfish. See, this one has a little star. This one has a little cat. So you used to read that a lot. Yeah. And my mom used to read to us in the evening. My mom was incredible. And she got us audio tapes, cassettes of, I think she used to get them from the school though, to be fair. Um, I remember Mr. Bump by Roger Hargraves. So before we went to sleep, instead of like if she was tired, we'd put the tape then it would begin mr bump used to live you know mm-hmm. whatever bump and crash and smash and tingle so when we're sleeping we could listen to the story and then fall asleep and then of course you're being exposed to mr smiley mr bump mr i can't remember all the misters oh, but <laughs> i definitely get them for my kids for sure are we doing comics by then yes okay my dad had a comic book collection yeah, mm-hmm. so I feel so bad that we didn't take care of those. You know, like Abu is here and he's got his grandparents readers digest. And like, I'm like, my father had an extensive, actually the first time I ever saw people kissing was in an Archie because my dad used to love Archies. And I was like, what are they doing? And then they draw love, like he's kissing Veronica. Veronica. And I'm like, why don't you like Betty? I, like, what's your problem, <laughs> dude? <laughs> She's perfect. This is so weird. I used to, uh, I used to think the same thing. Right? Nico, Betty is really cute, Bana. Right? Yeah. An all-American girl. Jughead. You remember Jughead? I do. And there Hot Dog. Go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Keep going. Which other books are we looking at? Uh, so I read a lot of dandies. Yeah. Um, those were my dad's comic book collections. And my my dad had them because my grandmother was um, worked for a white family back in the day. And I think when they left Kenya, they gave them the comic book collection. So I liked Wally Watson. Was it Wally Watson? Like he was yeah. in boarding school. I, Winker. Winker. Was it Winker Watson? Yeah, Winker Watson. Okay. I, 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 I really related with him because he was in boarding school. And then they used to still grab and, you know, pull pranks on the on the principal. And then I remember Desperate Dan. I, what else do I remember? Okay. We could go in. We yeah, could yeah, go yeah. in for and a minute. And then also uh-huh. Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man comics. I remember Mary Jane's boobs used to be so huge, <laughs> and my brother's like, "Yes," <laughs> and we're like, "Okay, this, this, this woman, this woman has like really huge boobs. What's going on?" But anyway, the the demographic, you know, um, Superman. Oh my God, um, I think that's why I was. Uh, that's why I'm a DC fan because I grew up around DC. The only Marvel I was exposed to was Spider-Man. And um, like I said, when we grew up in Turi, we didn't even have electricity. So when we'd come to Nairobi, to my Uncle Chris's house, and, you know, we talked about my Uncle Chris. My Uncle Chris was, um, my book is dedicated to him as well. So we had a really cool house in Langata. So that's why we'd watch even this Superman series that used to come in KTN on Fridays. You know, hey man, that, that, that Friday, 8 o'clock KTN. 
and Dean Cain Superman. What? Like as a child, even when you're showering that day, you're like, yes, <laughs> going to watch. Um, so we used to like, and then you wake up early in the morning. Guys in Nairobi had Club Kiboko. They had cartoons, which we didn't have with KBC. Yeah. And then um, watch Jimmy Gathu on Jimmy Gathu. Yes, Club Kiboko. <laughs> Hey man, and and also there were times we used to do like quizzes. Hello, children! And like when well, you wait for the next cartoon, and then you'd get so hyped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry. Um, no, I, I was going to revisit something. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about your dad, but mm-hmm. in the first part of the conversation, he didn't make that much of an appearance. Yeah. Um, where was he in all this, especially in your in your early childhood days? Ooh, um, he was. Well, my dad was a very interesting figure. He's a very, very debonair, very charismatic, the most um, lovable person you could ever meet. Um, I think my father's charisma coming out of his ears. Um, he was fun. I remember when we were in Turi, he was one of the people who'd take us with the dogs to go for walks, even on like railways, because there's a railroad that's so high. Like I remember going there with him. And he was an explorer. So he's also the one who's like, let's go uh, look at uko, uko kunanini, you know. So he left, uh, I think my father left when I was six years old. Um, he went to England. and But I, the childhood memories I remember of him is very, very, oh, he loved music. So I think some of the things that I have, like I love Blackadder. I get that from my father. Um, Elvis Presley, I get that from. So even like being an Audrey Hepburn fan, I get that from my dad because my dad used to watch these old films. So I remember one time he was watching Sabrina and I was like, who is that beautiful woman, Audrey Hepburn? And now Audrey Hepburn is my favorite actress. So my father has been absent from my life since I was like six years old. But, you know, the formative years, what I remember is that he was an amazing dad, just like the most spontaneous, exciting figure. Yeah. And then after that, it's just like, okay, where did you go? You know, you know, as a child, you're like, where are you? Are you coming back? And he's like, yeah, I'm coming back. And <laughs> he was obviously alive, <laughs> which is, I mean, now as an adult, I've come to re- recognize it, it's, it, having a good father or a bad father is neither here nor there. I'm a grown-up now. I am here. Hello, world. I, I think for me, the, the saddest thing as a child is that I was left in this constant state of his promise to me. I believed, you know, that faith, that complete and utter faith and love and trust that was taken and was completely abused. I think that's where it went wrong. I think had he said, I am not coming back, and then you cry, and then you move on. But he said, you know what? I'll be back. So I was like, yo, I believe you, dad. And I think I my mom kept a letter I wrote. <laughs> I was like, hi, my name is Cynthia. I live in Turi. I'm 10 years old. I wish I didn't have a father who was gone for four years, you know. And I, that, I was like, I, and then I wrote, I've given up weeks ago. So I was laughing. I was like, you gave up weeks ago. <laughs> I wish I didn't have a father who's gone for four years. That would be a dream come true. So I think it was that idea of that delayed hope and taking that like really genuine trust of a child. I think that's where he went wrong. I think had he said, okay, you know what? I'm trying to build another life. That's fine. You know, 
you know you you you'll 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 suffer for a year but not like a continuous wound that reopens and like over every christmas like i just recently started liking christmas christmas was so depressing because that was the time you're hoping that this your father is coming home and he never did so he made christmas a really depressing holiday but i i appreciate him i i love him he's an incredible person but now i'm able to sort of like shelter myself I, I, i like what you said about suffering suffering comes from desire so that desire of having that father that desire of being doted on and that desire like now that i have no expectations it's 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 so much easier for me and my father to relate yeah um did you reconnect later on if you don't mind sharing no i don't mind um so like if you read my book it's somehow based on the reconnecting with your father cuz me as i said she's seeking to reunite with her father so i got engaged in 2019 and <laughs> i laugh because you know we we use humor as a balm to ease the pain that was a crazy year for me like madness you know it was the multiverse of madness for me because i had to look for my father because now okay you're getting married who do we give dowry i experienced sexism that i never thought i would experience in my lifetime um so okay engaged yeah he put a ring on it and so like now when we start involving the parents they're like yo where's your dad i'm like yeah i don't know like that's a good question they're like were they kikuyu yes also from nyeri also knew my grandparents So uh, we we had to double check and like make sure we are not related you know because you have to also spread out the genes you know what i mean so they knew um actually um my ex's dad and my aunt were in the same class so this is like a family they knew and they were like i don't know i don't know at which point they were like you guys are like ill you know <laughs> i know and because my auntie was brilliant she was the smartest girl in her class my uncle was also like really brilliant um but now it's like you guys are like like ill you know which i didn't expect um so they go like you need to find your father because this family our family is put together we don't have divorce like you guys are a mess you know that's the thing that i'm saying why though why do i have to be a mess like you come to like you come into my space like my mother has managed to raise my brother and i on her own that in itself is like You know what I mean it's it's phenomenal. A, yes, exactly. It's an amazing force. And then you come and you go like you come into her space and say, "Yo, you're and I'm not exaggerating. These are the words that I use. You're broken. You're a messy <laughs> family." I know you come into that space of someone who has overcome so much and raised two children on her own and then you come in with this sort of dominance and judgment and say, "Oof, god like you guys need to get it together and number one, um get the man cuz our family we are so we're so well put that we cannot give dowry to a woman wow. yeah facts these are things that actually were said to me so anyway before we got to like the dowry to a woman so like yeah looking for my dad found him and we sat down we talked and then we were supposed to do the first traditional step isharanake And we sat down we agreed and my dad <laughs> oh my god the the thing he starts calling me on wednesday and he's like yo i this is this um uncle of yours 
And then like, hi, okay, so how much is this young man going to give us? Mm-hmm. We're like, what? <laughs> what did you say? Uh, but for me, I was like, this is my person. I need to protect him. You know, like this isn't going to happen. You know, you have to put in your boundaries. So I put in my boundaries. And because of that, he didn't show up for the event. Yeah. And he knew where it was and he knew the date. So I think that gave me some closure because I was like, we can sit down. We can, I can try and do everything humanly possible, you know, apologize. And we, but he isn't going to show up for me. You know, I don't know why he has his own reasons. Maybe it's guilt. I don't know. But that gave me a lot of closure because I was like, I can try everything that I possibly can. And he still won't show up for me. He didn't show up. So that also created a mess. Why didn't he show up? Oh, it was messy. But, um, and then the, 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 my ex's uh, parents were so condescending, even to me. They were like, um, cause you know, there were issues of class and then the issues of like your family is this. So like my auntie passed away, my uncle passed away. So they, they even told me, you know, your you know, look at your family, look at your family's record. And I'm like, what? Many people in your family don't die. <laughs> you know, you guys found, you guys found the, the, the philosopher's stone. Huh? Um, but I think at that time I was trying to be like, I wanted to be in a, I wanted to fit. I wanted to be in a family that worked. I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mother. I wanted to be in that family structure. Because again, you've never had it and you kind of want to have it. So I thought, okay, well, um, so sorry. It's like you're gaslighting yourself. You're like, you're the problem. And then you discover, oh my God, I'm actually not the problem. It's you guys who have the issue. But I think uh, I'm so grateful because when I was writing this book, I didn't have so much stuff for me. And then after all that horrible stuff happened, it's like, like the book wrote itself. So they even made my book so much better. (laughs) And then I meet, when I meet my ex's mom and dad, I'll be like, yo, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Let's be friends now. New York Times bestseller. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. And now it's in, like my mom read it and she's like, oh my God, you've left everything there in black and white. And I think, it's an, it's an important conversation to have because a lot of women and men are really be suffering abuse in the name of in-laws. There's a lot of abuse happening to young women and even young men. You know, some people are being told, to Adaria, two million. How do you want them to live? You know, so there's a lot of like, and like now I call them the emotional vampires. And they and they exist because they have this veneer of I'm a Christian. We have a good family culture, culture. So they use that um, to hide their really um, bad intentions towards people. Because these people are breaking families, and they are making like for me. If I ended up in that family, they'd have. I feel like they wanted to cut off my legs. You know those people who cut off your legs, and then your arms. So like to make you completely useless because they regarded me as useless. I don't even think I would have published this book. They'd have just been like, oh, you and your messy family. Like you make, even you hiccup. Oh my God, you guys are so messy. You know, it's, your, fa- your family has a history Your of family hiccups. has a history of hiccups. Your mother is single. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and just to make it clear, the ex is the one you are engaged, engaged to. to. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, you know, I look back into that relationship, and I was like, I, from the very beginning, I did not want to be in it. And I and I and I found a letter I'd written because I, I did just do it right. 
just do it right. And I wrote it to my pen pal and I was like, I feel in my gut. So I wrote to her, we had gone to Machakos, um, the park as a church group. And we took the school bus. Back then, the school buses didn't have to be yellow. So that must have been end of 2018. And I t- and so he came and sat next to me. And then we were stopped by cops. He left and he went to sit at the back. And then he buckled. So I was like, yo, nigga. Like, did you just leave me here? And I was like, I didn't have a belt where I was sitting. So I was like, if the cop asks me, I'll be like, Aki officer, Like, I'd, I'd be like, I'll be honest. So I think one of the people we went with called Sila knew the cop. So he was like, hey, go along. So like now after we're going along, he comes back. And I was like, yo, you know. So I think the signs were there. I just, you know, like they call them amber alerts, like in Star Trek. This is from Jan Canfield's Success Principles. I'm not a Star Trek fan. I'm a Star Wars fan. And he says that we get these amber alerts, you know, like don't go there. Don't go there but we don't listen. So that was a huge amber alert. So that's on me also. But I think it was important for me to have that kind of relationship because then I discover, you know what, back off. And right now, if anybody tries to get after my mother, I don't know, like, please, I will go ape shit. Like if somebody comes and tells me, I'm like, I don't even, I don't even want to say what I do, but I would never, ever let that happen again. My mother is an incredible woman and all the single mothers out there who are doing what they're doing in those circumstances and getting judged. Because I saw my mom actually lose friends because we used to have like a touring group of friends, families would go to like a club in Molo or something. Like she stopped getting invites, you know, because, you know, a single mother is going out there to steal your husband, whatever, whatever. But, you know, it's it's sad that that is how people want to react mm. rather than celebrate you want to demean yeah um, a couple of things come to mind i think one and not getting too deep into it um the story of your dad and how you felt about him yeah you know keeping his promises i've been reading something about a movement sort mm. of called taking children seriously Ooh. yeah so what it looks like is we, we even at a very young age we assume that kids cannot take whatever we are doing or telling them but they are, they they're still children in so many ways so the it's better for us to lie to them mm. we don't take them seriously mm. and that is the beginning of so many things um so much trauma in our lives mm-hmm. because people don't take us seriously as kids yeah. and so they end up lying to us yeah. thinking that they're actually protecting us which is not true yeah yeah i i agree with you 100% um but has had a um the painter he had um what do you call it? an exhibition at Allianz and it was and I loved that he was putting children under the the bed and they're watching all this chaos so what we see on tv what the pastor is doing all the hypocrisy they can see you know what I mean and I think even for me I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that because I'll get very honest. Um, I had a breakdown as a child, an emotional breakdown. And um, and that was caused by my father. You know, this the, the, the sort of mixed messages I was getting from my mom and from my father. So I was like, who's, uh, who's really telling me the truth? You know, and I had a breakdown. And I think even that's why I had to move from all academy to that boarding school because I had... I'm not kidding. I had an emotional breakdown. 
So I didn't even go to school class five that time. So I remember like like that's when people did like tomboy history. So I remember thinking, wait, when I'm in class six, I don't, because, you know, I used to remember like sections of, you remember the Malkat sign, GHC. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't remember this. It's because I wasn't in school because I had suffered an emotional breakdown. So I went to live with my aunt. Um, she's also called Modoni. I love her so much. So she's the one who turned my life around. And she was like extremely Christian and like a headmistress. She was a nurse. And she even had a library in her house. So like we spent our days, she was one of those people, you spend your days reading and then in the evening, like you tell her what you did. We even used to have skits. Like she discouraged us watching TV. If you wanted to watch TV, you'll tell her, oh, maybe like there's a cartoon on family TV. You know what I mean? She, yeah. That's the kind of person that she was. So her daughter and I are the same age. So her, she's going to school. Me, I'm not going to school because I'm not Okay. So one night she comes and I was reading an Archie and I was like, oh my God, she's caught me like I'm reading a comic. And she was so different and she sat me down. I still remember and it makes me want to get emotional because this was a turning point for me as a child. How old were you? I think I was class five, class five. I was what? 10, 10, 11. Yeah. 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 So she comes and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm reading an Archie. Like she's like, no, no, come down. I just want to talk. And then she's like, so I want to know. I think she gave me a week. I think maybe even a month. Because I didn't go to school that time. But I passed. So I went to class six. Um, so she's like, I just want us to talk. I was like, okay. And this is someone like I consider like extremely scary, disciplinarian. And she was different. And she's like, okay, let's talk. And she's like, I want to know what's been going on with you. And I told her, I have this dream where like my dad is coming back. ETC, ETC, ETC. And then she's like, honey, wake up and smell that coffee. Your father's not coming back. That was the first time someone talked to me as like an adult. An adult. And that changed yep. the trajectory of everything. Like, I, I, I mean, since that moment, like I held on to my sanity um, because I was like, you know what? It's true. So I actually said, because that time I was in class, I was like, if you're not back by the time I'm in class eight, it's fine. It's all good in the hood. And my life went on. I see like now school was never disrupted after that. And that was my aunt. That was my fellow Modoni coming mm. in and be, be taking me seriously. Because uh, a lot of the things, like my cousins were like, oh my God, she's crazy. You know, like, oh, I, you know, I look back in, and I'm like, um, my my cousins were not necessarily supportive. So even when I read Jen Eyre, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like me and my cousins. The first page when I think Jane is with her cousin George, that sort of cruelty. And I think sometimes you also learn kindness from cruelty because my cousins could have, they were sometimes could be, you know, bordering on the vicious, you know. So, um, but you, because you've experienced that, you don't want other people to experience that. And I take children very seriously. I talk to my nephews, um, or I try to, because now it's like, you know, you're told things like, Wendo Zaiwako, you know? Wow. Yeah. So you try, but I, I, I really carry that burden because I know what it's like to be lied to. Yeah. And I like this chapter in the book, What Lies Ahead. And that's about me being a child. Yeah. Amazing. Th- thanks for sharing that turning point. That was actually going to be the next question. Yeah. Okay. So there's that phase of Molo Academy and then Oasis. Yeah. Let's touch a bit on Pangani. Yeah. So how do you end up at Pangani? 
And are there any highlights from the four years at Pangani? Oh my God, Pangani is such an amazing school. I loved my Kiswahili teacher and she's still there. I need to, gosh, need to take my book there plus lessons because I got an A minus in Kiswahili. Kiswahili kitukuzwe. I loved Fasihi. I did, uh, we did Kifo Kisimani. Mm. And then the questions are, Nini umetumia mbinu gani? Ametumia taharuki. Ametumia kina. And we show a kosa. I loved it. Um, so Pangani was great. I made very amazing friends who loved books. Consolata Mutua and John, uh, Joanne Washara, who I'm still friends with. I'm, I'm trying to reconnect with Consolata Mutua because she was like, don't date me. Oh, sorry. I said his name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We you know, there, there are so many out there. Yeah, yeah there are so no, many. But if they know your I didn't want to give him the satisfaction, please. Oh. Boy, mm. bye. Abu, we can Abu, Abu, blip it. Abu will blip it. Yeah, blip it. Yeah, yeah. boy, bye, please. Um, <laughs> no, she was really against it. And I, I sort of resented her for telling me who I shouldn't. Like, I didn't like that. Like, don't tell me. Even if it's my mistake, let me make my mistakes. Don't tell me who I can. I can, I cannot date. You know what I mean? Is the assumption here that she's coming from a place of malice or she's coming from a place of love? Place of love, but I still resented. I still resented being told, go this way, go that way. I resent that. So I think, yeah. Anyway, mm. hopefully. So reconnection. Yeah, reconnection. What was the teacher's name? The Swahili teacher's name? Bikimori. Bikimori. Yeah, Shout and then when I, she was in Form 1, she got engaged. So she used to talk like putting her finger like, <laughs> damn, I just got married. Yeah. And then my English teacher was called Mrs. Amuka. And she was the first, uh, we were the first class she ever had in Form 2 because we were changed for a teacher. And I still remember the poem we did. I also want to reconnect with Mrs. Amuka. And I think it was called the taxi driver. So it's like this MP whose driver is not eating lunch, but he's taking this like ex- um, MP from place to place. And I was the first person to answer a question in her class. And she never like used to refer to me as by my name. So when I was in form three, I was like, Mrs. Amuka, my name is Cynthia. Okay. Like, you, she could call everybody else, but she wouldn't. But I think we had like a. She used to be like, "You're so." She used to tell me, "Cynthia." Okay, she called me by my English. It's not even an English name. Can we go and talk about names? This name that I have, by official purposes that I was put for, is neither English nor Christian. Okay, I love my name Modoni because I have a connection. My great grandmother is Modoni. My aunt is Modoni. My grandmother is Modoni. But Cynthia is Greek. She's the. <laughs> Bastard Goddess. daughter, oh. yes, the bastard. Okay, she's she a bastard, yeah. But Zeus was married to Hera. Hera is not her mom. No, she's the daughter of Zeus. She's a goddess of hunting, and another name is Artemis or Diana, or whatever. Cool, good for you. I really don't like. I should call it my foreign name. I do not like my foreign name. But now, when you're in high school, people, you know. So she's like Cynthia. You're wild. Because I'd always be like, Mrs. Amka, like, you know, like we were doing Shakespeare and we're like, Mrs. Amka. She's like, oh my God, you're going to derail <laughs> my classes. And then when I did history, the Mau Mau story ignited. I used to write also in high school um, in exercise books. Um, so I wrote, like when we did Mau Mau in Form 3, it inspired me. I was like, damn, like this is what happened. And I remember even doing the presentation, I even made my hair shaggy. And yeah, I am wild. I'm a child um my history teacher was called let me see mrs wakasiaka yeah but i had uh, let me tell something about pangani it's the teachers the teach i was horrible at kiswahili do you do you know do you understand what horrible means i was terrible 
I used to sit in front of Mrs. Kimai one time looked at me. He's like, are you really serious with your life? Like, is that how you pronounce that word? And I was like, yeah. Um, and then she'd go like, she'd give you an incha. I remember I got even, incha was like out of 20. I got seven. And I was like, oh my God. So she's like, um, Cynthia. So I'm like, guy, I'm so embarrassed. And you know, girls in Pangani are like really smart. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Saba. Siski, like she's like it's your marks on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but here's the thing, here's the thing Atakama that niyako. here's the thing that that made the teachers so extraordinary. They saw potential in everyone. I left, I left like my Kiswahili is on. You give me an exam right now, like <laughs> Like do, I put in so much work because the teacher believed in me. So she told me you need to do extra work. Like, if you know you're bad at something, then put in the work. And I did. <laughs> and I did. And it paid off. Amazing. And I also um, did have Kiswahili a have a question. Do you, can, would, you want, is there, would you want to reconnect with any of your high school teachers? My high school? Uh, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> you guys yeah, went to very good schools. Probably just two. <laughs> no, two. Uh, one, the one I would definitely have wanted to have remet in life, passed on as soon as oh, we, uh, my, she was teacher, working in Reza. Mm. Eh, as soon as our class was done, she passed on the year that oh. followed. So I was like, oh, snap, what if? She said me it's selfish that she came into this life for me. But it blew my mind. Her job was done. What if that was one of the things she was to do to come and like... But anyway, Ignite a fire. Something. It's she such a powerful did. profession, teaching. Because you're molding minds and you're, the people you bring in. For me, since high school... The teachers like now even when I was in campus, I met Professor Kiru. Wow, what a what an individual. Very, very private. Very, very private man. Most people don't even know like of him. And they should. Um, he's been teaching, I think, over 40 years. He's just recently retired. He was taught by Ngugi. He was taught by Professor Wasumba. And he's taught Peter Kimani. He's taught me. Like the book, okay. I've, my book is dedicated to three men, okay? Um, and you can even call them substitute father figures. So to d- profess, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, nature, Aristotle said, nature abhors a vacuum. So if you don't want to step up, you know, I like this meme where the stepfather is like, I'm not the stepfather, I'm the man that stepped up, you know. So there are so many amazing father figures out there. For me, that was my grandfather, Lavi Guka, my uncle Chris, and Professor Kiru. You know what I mean? So... Teachers are incredible because also even when you see children, they have the ability to affirm or or even like bring that, like it's like a lever. Again, back to Aristotle, it's like the lever. Show me where, you know, so the teachers have, like for me, can you imagine if Bikimori did not encourage me in Kiswahili? Because everybody's like, Kiswahili sucks. You know, the way people talk about Kiswahili, I love Kiswahili. I even did it in campus. And that was because of her putting that fire in me and saying, you can do it. You can. And I did. And I enjoyed it. Mm. I remember when I went to get my results, we hugged, we embraced. Because she knew where she took me from. <laughs> mm. I think even the, be, the, the, the average for her, her, her classes, I don't think anybody failed. And that That's goes stupid. to show you, like, these teachers who tell you, you you're stupid, you're what? That's an, uh, That's not a teacher, man. Because it's a sacred profession. It's not about how much money you get. It's about the people you're molding, the minds that you're molding. You know, telling a child they're incompetent or stupid. It's about telling that child, put in the work, okay? You can do it. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to help you. That's why we're in the staff room at the end. 
Um, I see. I see a couple a way a way to segue into a different place in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. a few years forward. Yeah, but before I do that, Nafil Nika Kamande has felt some type of way yeah. about teachers from his high school experience. Mm-hmm. Is there a teacher you'd like to? Because see, to me for a year to go. Oh yes, but okay. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. You wouldn't. I'm. Would I'm. I'm. I'm quite impartial. Okay. Not mm. indifferent. I'm impartial. Like I wish them all the best. Yeah. Um, I have nothing against any of them. Yeah. Mm. But I don't feel necessarily mm. drawn to any of them. Yeah. Reconnecting. Oh, I see. I see. Our, our high school experiences were not at that point in time. They were not pleasant experiences. Mm. Mm. I don't have. I don't think I'm averse anymore to them than in the past. But I don't have that. Damn. Okay. But okay. because being impartial is even worse than like having like <laughs> like whatever indifference is worse. No, yeah. I, I think in, in, indifference is worse. I'm not mm. indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wish them the best. I want them to be yeah. happy. Yeah. They're, you know, yeah. they're human beings. Of course, of course. Um, I want them to be happy. I want them to have peace. But I'm not like ah, you let me say. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Njagi or whoever. I can't even remember any of their names <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Do you remember like in Mola Academy they used to really beat us up like cattle? Yeah. I remember when I went to Asis, I asked Mr. Opondo. I Mr. Pondo is still around. I was like, do you beat people in this school? I was like, I'd rather run because I found it so dehumanizing and so, what's the word? Um, humiliating to be beaten. The way we used to be beaten in Mono Academy. Like you're beaten like an animal. And I, I didn't like it. So I was telling my mom, whichever school you're taking me to, because this was like, Kibaki removed it anyway. Because you know, even last year, there was a child who was beaten to death. How do you, how on earth do you beat a child to death? Mm. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, so it's, 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 you know, having like you're learning through this like degrading discipline, like you're a donkey. I didn't like, and I used to resist. And I told my mom, the school you're taking me to, I do not want. And even in Pangani, we never, nobody, nobody was, be, you'd clean those toilets. You know, we're 1,200 girls. Hey, you, if you're misbehaving, and I still found that better than somebody coming, especially the men, they'd come and then beat you like on your back or you, like your feet. I hated that. And I was, I was telling my mother, like, it's so degrading, but they used to really, I still have marks. I still have marks. Um, on my thigh yeah. from being beaten as a child before my that was like during the time of my emotional breakdown because I was so that's um, I was in class five and that's when it happened that's when I was given a break but the marks the, the beating I got that time as a 10 year old 10 year old I still have today yeah it's you know it's terrible I wouldn't mm-hmm. Wish some of those experiences. But I really on, love that Kibaki was like, stop with corporal punishment. Because yeah. some teachers, I think it's like they used to get like some pleasure yeah. out of it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, at, at least for us, in, uh, for us in high school, that's what mm. it's in. We, we even had, um, and, and sorry, maybe to spend a couple of minutes on this. We, yeah. ha- we had a deputy um, head teacher yeah. who smiled. <laughs> he, he he would smile when he was inflicting so this yeah, pain. Yeah. And then he'd innovate. He, it's incredible because he was, he was an innovator of finding ways of mm. being more... Like the Romans. Yeah, yeah. He How had, can we crucify the children? Exactly. So he'd go like from slapping you. Yeah. Um, and then he'd, he'd innovate another different way of like... He, he used to have this like thing. And, and about what about it. the teachers? Like you put your hand and then you move it and they're like, I'm going to add another. No, this, yeah. this, this guy. Wait, what yeah. are you doing? Like he was, he's, he was way past that. That yeah. was very basic. Like yeah. hitting you like this. Ah, no, that's that was basic. basic. That was basic. So he was really, really big. And so he went from slapping you. And so he'd like put your head on one hand, on the left hand, then hold it so hard, squeeze it, huh, so mm. that you can't move your head. Mm. Okay. So his hand is very big. Okay. Then like, Lean, lean your head to one side to the left side and then like 
hammer you, continuously slap you. Then he'd go from that to the next thing, which was here. He had his signature move, which was um, sort of like not pinching, like lifting you by your <gasps> yes, by your I've titties. I've seen right? that. Oh my god! And, that's and he'd so like, painful. yeah, it's like he there was this mix of his really inflicting blunt force on on your on your on your nipples, and at the same time he's like he's pulling them out. So it's like two forces. That's like um, really painful, then he had right? really big hands. Then he'd go from that to something else. Like he'd make you lie down, and then with his very sharp shoes, he'd like hit your tailbone. Yeah. Either somewhere between your tailbone and your butt crack, mm. yeah, and he'd have like this, you know, bands. Not even go to the bands and burners and mm. the whips. And this is like, you know, in high school, like mm. not even eighteen years old. Oh damn! It was a prison. Damn. Um, um, I, I'd say that again. Looking back, some of us stand out. Whatever, it, it, like we, we don't have any traumatic um, artifacts. Yeah, maybe we don't. Maybe we do. I don't know. The residue, the residue might be there. But but we have people, different people. You meet different people you went to high school with, and you can see there's more residue in them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yo, bro. uh, Pole. pole. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. Like pole. No, 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 yeah. no, just no, receive no. the pole, man. Yeah. For, the, for the inner child in you, for yeah. the child that Stick suffered yeah. that, yeah. we are very sorry. Yeah, for me, um, luckily, I, I got it just a handful of times. But there are people yeah. who suffered. No, even seeing uh, it yeah. still corrodes. But you know, also, I like the, the, the idea, again, we talk about dominance, power of this really strong man and a child or a, a teenager and you're exerting that force. You know, instead of you know, leaning on the positive of where you're supposed to lift this child up, dust them up, but you prefer to watch them in pain. And I've seen that, like even growing up, um, like when I see how, for example, my uncles are, or whatever fathers, Kenyan fathers are with their sons versus how Tanzanian fathers are with their sons. There's this element of fear. Like the father comes home, the sons go upstairs. You know, like the, and the way they speak to their daughters, because like us, we're spoken to really well. Hi, okay, that's you, it's fine. But then the sons are like, don't cry, don't like, you know. And then when I go to Tanzania, like I see the fathers and the sons and I'm like, yo, mm. yo. Like they, they talk, they laugh, they joke around. No, but they told them at the beginning when I went there, I was like, I'm getting culture shock. Like I'm different. And again, remember I'm an observer. So I'm sitting and observing how the people interact. Yeah. But um, it just blows my mind that you're supposed to be the protector, the man or the woman, the teacher. And that's how you want to. Yeah, that is true. It's unfortunate for sure. No, yeah. But we have to say, like, we have to also say the strides we've taken. Chris Kibaki was like systematically. And then I remember people going like, hey, why do you have to beat for the child to learn? You this, know? this this came up not so long ago, like a week ago when uh, the current CS was reacting to the burning of Kisumu boys mm. and Alikua, maybe we should think of bringing back corporal punishment. It got the reaction. Yeah, the, the thing did. that violence and, and anarchy need is more violence. Yeah, yeah. 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 just add that. Uh, I've seen this somewhere. Mm. I, I would say that maybe it's, it's it might not be very well researched. I don't know. But it, it, are there some remnants of colonialism in, in how we do this? Thank you for bringing that up because it reminds me of Molo Academy. We used to wear a disc. Around your neck, if you speak English, yeah. Mbao, Monto, yeah, Monto, Monto. Now, So it's such a cruel system when you think about it, because you have to give it to someone. Yep. The idea is, if somebody speaks in Kiswahili, 
unampatia your disk sindio mm-hmm. yep. yeah. so number one, if it's on you you're you're beaten if you give it to someone else that other person is going to be beaten and it was it instituted this really cruel like almost lord of the flies thing among us kids <laughs> yep. i remember i remember so you driven rather like don't talk because you could be talking a lot of them hey leo ni me or is it see it it was such a sick <laughs> twisted thing it was yeah, it was it so was. sick and twisted that is insane uh, two things are fascinating the story for sure but number two I like that you have so many reference book references yeah so lord of the flies mengilia mm. hapo that is fascinating that is pretty <laughs> fascinating and all these other ones mm. clearly uh, your interaction with books is mm. know, hey, it's something else pretty I had phenomenal. access I had access to my mom in the school yeah. she'd bring us books and also another book my mom got for me and you know she didn't even know what she was bringing I think she just used to get books she got me the illustrated shakespeare for children I love the I am such a Shakespearean fan like like sonnet 130 you know my mistress's eyes are nothing like the sun coral is far more red than her lips red you know like his words just me I just like lal I'm just like I'm reading I'm like oh my god you know yeah shall I compare thee to a summer and that was because as a child I had the illustrated like it was broken down to me I went I had I went to like I was in coast with wow okay my f- first boyfriend the big heartbreak you know the big hitch you know um so the we first went, cut the first cut oh i like that um so the first cut and we went like was a quiz night and i got all the shakespearean stuff correct and then the guy was like how did how on earth because like you know the people who do quizzes are you know so i was like oh okay this looks like a midsummer's dream and also it's because i it was illustrated so they were like ah. but anyway it's because we had access to books even right now i'm a member of the kibera library because it's near my house it's amazing that's where i get like my books at the moment i have two for kenles the main one you're not supposed to but there's some books around there in the kibera library <laughs> yeah mm. and i'm donating books to shofko my books Um there's some classics is I met them last year six blue uh we did a mask donation with so Tanzania so I'm so excited now they're in class 7 cuz I think one of the biggest people to benefit from my book are students and so I'm going to be doing that and then also a couple of donations also at the Kibera library Yeah. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Your, your interaction with books is fascinating. And I want kids to be exposed to books. Oh, they, There's they a tangent you need to go. You want to, yes. p- to jump somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to to, to 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 connect the 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 teachers and the teaching and the mm. books and all. So you mentioned uh uh Mrs. Amka, yeah? Yes, Mrs. Amka, where and are you? Book, and and that first poem she read, yeah? Yeah. Then um um on the socials or at least on the internet. Yeah. Um you said something about your experience of your first poem mm-hmm. being read yes. at Amka. Yes. Now Amka being the forum. <laughs> um so this is what you wrote you said uh, the first poem i ever wrote and uh, submitted to Amka Space Forum was called the words he spoke were blah blah blah. Yeah. The interpretation was that the poet in brackets me and i still don't think of myself as a poet give me another 5 years anyway. The group decided that my poem was about a woman sitting in a matatu getting hit on by a man. It mm-hmm. wasn't. 
When this was done, it was regarded as extremely mediocre work <laughs> and a barrage of other, it is very bad, adjectives were flung in my direction in very colorful and descriptive ways. Mm -hmm. The poetry of criticism haunted me and was sealed in my memory for years. Mm -hmm. And you do go on for a minute. Mm -hmm. um, the moment I read this, it reminded me of, uh, 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 who's this writer? I'll check her up on Twitter again, mm -hmm. uh, who also spoke of her, a horrendous experience at Amka. Mm -hmm. And and we have so many success stories from Amka. So mm. this is how I'll connect it. Mm. You've spoken of dedicating your book to three men mm -hmm. yeah, that you clearly do love and adore deeply. Yes. And one of them happens to be your professor at yes. school. Yes. So um, how do you connect your experience at Amka of your first poem being read, or at least the first poem you gave them, yeah. and your campus experience, and finally, you writing. Where do you get, Where when do you move from? I have the guts to share my poem, and this is how they react to it, to have the guts, uh, guts to write a book and be confident about it. You know, one of, um, I have one of Connie's books that I haven't given back, and that's what I'll use as an excuse to slide back into her life and give her mind, is the Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Thing was published in 1930. Beautiful book. Oh my God. Beginning to end. The woman was crucified by critics and not just any critics, black critics. How on earth are you writing about a coming on age story of, of a black woman? You're not talking about race. It's, and you read that, you know, now that we have the perspective, you know, we are, I'm sorry, not perspective, retrospect. And you're like, what on earth? This woman wrote a masterpiece, you know, and all these guys at the time and all male, male critics were like, you're like, and what did, and you follow up. I think I'm going to try and follow up with one of her critics. And now every time someone buys their eyes while watching God, you get her bio and they talk about that first because Alice Walker is the one who rediscovered Zora Neale Hurston. If, if, if Alice Walker hadn't done a paper, we wouldn't have, you know, like her work would have sort of like faded into the background. Like she would have been very down, like uh, should have been there. But oh my God, you know what I mean? And then I think of this quote by Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Ha Roosevelt. Sometimes I struggle pronouncing some words like Ferdinand. And <laughs> it's Ferdinand. No, anyway. it's not Kimani or Mondi. Roosevelt. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, he said, it's not the, the guy outside the ring that matters. It's the boxer. You're the one, the guy who's the getting man punched. In the, man, man in the arena. The man in the arena. So it made me like get some closure with critics. But... I told Dr. Kiru about um, what happened to me. And he's also like, he's also in the school of thought that nobody has a good first draft. I mean, he's a teacher, a teacher, a real teacher in the sense of the word, the calling of a teacher is to instruct and to give feedback and to like, I didn't even pass his, his, his unit, by the way. He is so meticulous. I had a C in creative writing, like, that's how thorough he is. I was like, damn, but he's very, like, if you make any mistake, you know what I mean? So he's, um, he's like, and I go back to this, like, remember, I love this film by Woody Allen, Midnight in Paris. Oh my God. Cause it's like uh, the Justice League for writers, you know, cause it has Hemingway, it has Gertrude Stein. So he had this draft and he gives Gertrude Stein and she's like, I don't like how you write your sentences. So like Hemingway, freaking Hemingway didn't just sprout out and write the way he wrote. He made mistakes. And I think that's what's so sad about um, those spaces 
I was I was a student then. I was trying to write, and you call you know you start using this word, and there were you don't know people even came up and apologized like because you were supposed to be remain anonymous. They butchered that point, and it's just you know the sounds he made were blah blah blah. I'll post it, and they were like, well, "I'm so sorry if I had known it was you," you know. And I was like, "Are you guys just being critics for like like is it fun to just bring people's work down?" Anyway, um, so Dr. Kiru also didn't believe in that, um, and he was like, "Just keep writing." Like for him, it was like, "Just keep writing, don't give up. You you get better and better and better, as opposed to you're bad, then you stop." You know. So I think that right now there's a wave and i think it's so interesting like tony moshama wrote an article kenyans are reading who's no kenyans are writing who's reading and for me i'm not really surprised it's happening because we were oral storytellers you know we were story makers stories are divine to us stories are life stories are history stories are families to africans that was just something we're going we're readapting it but this is not something new we told riddles, we wrote poetry, we wrote music. You know what I mean? So the, it's happening, but now we need to have this system that makes us like professional. Because even me as a self-published author, there's definitely things I would have worked on better um, had I had that support. But sometimes you have to change the game altogether because the game as it is does not have room for me more than in mind. Like the, the way the system is in place right now, there is no place for the leaves of May. And all the reviews I've gotten from Nuria are, are incredible. So if I had left it to the way the, 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 the platforms are, I wouldn't have any room. But I was like, okay, you know what? You change. If you're no longer being served, you go to another table. Yeah. Or you create, you just build your own table. Yeah. And, and how do you develop that metal? Maybe that's, I don't know if that's the right word to say, but, but that It burns that inside of you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The story burns inside of you. Like now, I'm carrying a really, it's not heavy burden, but I'm carrying a burden of my characters for my second book. And it's so visceral, you know, like, um, so like for those who have read the book, so Setcher's father. And I love that um, part because I can talk about a man who's a protector, a man who's a father, who's a husband, a man who would give his life for his community, for his values, for his country. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting him because he's there he's like existing in my head and 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 he's he's he loves his daughter he called her Domborino Kosha my precious gem the joy of my days he he knew he saw his daughter and he accepted her and he's like there's something inside of you that's so beautiful um I have my sons yes but my daughter is the joy of my days and and I'm looking forward to exploring his story this man who died in a foreign country fighting for a foreign power that was keeping him enslaved in his own country you know but that ideal like i i think about that i think about all the sacrifices those guys made for us to be where we are and it moves me so deeply so it's inside of you so whether you know the people outside are saying you know it's mediocre that's fine I mean, people are entitled to their own opinion. And I love this quote by Georgia O'Keeffe. She said, I have made up my mind that praise and criticism go down the same drain and I am quite free. So whether you like it or you don't like it, it's fine. I've done my part. There are stories to be told. 
um and africans are telling their own stories i got a review the other day like someone said the leaves of me is a story for africans by africans and i loved that i was like yes that was the whole point yeah because also i struggle um like when i i read the the britain's gulag in kenya that book you know all these books the state of africa sorry sorry um the state of africa um these books are so difficult to read you know what i mean and you're reading them from a point of view of a foreigner a foreigner is telling you okay this is your history i don't have a problem with that because i love reading books but it's very 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 difficult even now i have a book by Louis, L, he calls himself lsb leaky and it's what is that book called um something the mau mau the mau mau and the kikuyu by LSB Leakey. And I'm like, okay, Leakey, you're telling me about my own history? That's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But then I'm like, mm, you know, so, but that is changing. So we're telling our own stories. We are the ones who are reading these stories and listening. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Before, before say, we find out you're an author, mm. or at least a lot of people did, they probably interacted with you in the office mm. and all that. So how did you, now this is now going back to even before writing the book. Yeah. Uh, at what point, of course, the writing has been there, like you said, even from high school. And even, even since I was a little child. Book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at what point uh, between you balancing uh, life after campus, yeah, mm. be it you could, you could just give us a journey from Tanzania to back here, yeah. then at what point do you decide you know what i'll actually write a book i was so fortunate before i graduated i got a job um so i was a manager so i went straight to manager and i remember my graduation was like how does that feel to be like 25 and be a manager and i got a beautiful apartment i had a furnished apartment and my auntie's like hey you haven't struggled you know and i'm you know it's so interesting how people are because then when you when uh, anyway, so Makufuli comes into power and Kenyans get out, like mass exodus. Why should there be a Kenyan here? It was terrible. I was hunted down by immigration. And somebody I worked with told them that I was Kenyan. So luckily for me, like it was so such a betrayal because you're like, this is someone I work with. This is, you know, we are, we are Africans. But someone is like, yeah, we have a Kenyan. Come and get her. And the day that my work permit expired, that's when they came to the office. I was making a sales call outside the office. And that's why they didn't catch me. And if they had caught me, please remember, I don't have family in Tanzania. Who would have bailed me out? You know, they've been such a, such a horror. I was like, I look at that lady now and I'm like, why? And she has children. She has little girls. And I'm like, why would you want this for me? Why would you want me to be arrested? Because that's what I would have been arrested. Why would you want me to be arrested and taken into immigration? And then need I need to be bailed out. You know, it was so bad. And my landlord actually took me in and protected me. So he told people, because there was like a, the moment he came into power, when McFully got into power, there was like a whole like spy network. And then no offense, but those guys are snitches. You know, like, <laughs> like yeah, no offense. I'm, I'm speaking from like, my personal history so like they like you go buy something and they hear your kiswahili they're like Unim kenya so they're like Unam kenya apa. so my landlord said that i was his daughter raised in kenya like i had a kenyan mom so like nobody should um arrest me or come and get me because i'm his child you know so that anyway so we left i left tanzania and i left my good cushy job and the small cushy life that i was making then i come back to kenya and i had to start from scratch okay 
Um, and then when I did well, it was a problem. Now I'm not doing well, it's also a problem, mm. you know. Um, so when I came back to Kenya, I got a job and the, the corporate, like there's such a rat race at the moment because people, uh, um, like, you know, you, you have micromanagement. I remember there's one time I was in a company, I talked during a sales meeting and the head of department's like, why did you do that? You know, like the, we were treated like kids. We were told what time we needed to eat, what time, like we could have break, like at 10. Like, you know, the, right now the weather is cold. You want a cup of coffee. Like you should only have it at this time. And I feel like... There are companies that still operate like that. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's fine because that's those are their rules. But I find like, especially, I don't know if it's because I'm, I'm a creative. I Again, I resent those kinds of things. If you... Do not give me the freedom to do my job the way I want to. I am not going to do it. Because, I mean, if you're hiring me in marketing to come up with a strategy or a creative post, why on earth would you want to put restrictions on me? I'm a grown-up, okay? I can, you know, but I, I, I was micromanaged. And when, and also I worked in a place where there were, everybody was a professional. Everybody was smart. And you kind of want to amp the ante. So I was working also over the weekend, stressing and working, because you also want to. When you meet people operating at a 10, you're not going to operate on an eight and feel okay. Mm. So there was no way I was going to write. There was no way. However, I got a, sorry, a letter from a publisher saying, because you submit your manuscripts and you can, it can take almost a year for it to be assessed. So I'd even forgotten that I'd taken my manuscript for assessment. So they were like, the leaves of May, congratulations on your achievement. We would like to publish your book. And that reignited the fire. Then I got another job working in a hotel. Actually, it's interesting because one of my friends came and when I went for the interview, there was someone with like a Batman sticker. And I was like, oh my God, who is this? Like a DC fan. And so I noticed him from afar. And, you know, but I was too shy, too shy. Like I've had crushes on a million people and they've never known. Like since I was like in high school, renting tapes. You'd that's, go. That's the essence of a crush, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so sad. Anyway, so like you just observe from afar. But anyway, this friend of mine who worked there, he's like, oh, you know, he's interested in getting your book. And I'm like, oh, my God, mm. you know. Anyway, um, but the, 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 the corporate the corporate sister, my soul does not believe, belong in corporate. Because now the good thing is I can be a marketing consultant. But my soul, that whole rat race, micromanagement, dominant, I don't, I, I don't thrive in that structure where people feel like they have to put others down because i resist it i resent it and ultimately i will leave it so actually like one of the things i would like to do is getting to teaching yeah oh getting to teaching yeah wow teaching literature teaching lit let's, yeah. let's jump into that let's jump are into you, that are, are you thinking uh High schoolers, campus, I will lecture. I mean, from now. high school. Um, yeah, I mean, I would love to be a lecturer following Dr. Kiru's footsteps. Uh, <laughs> um, because I love discussing books and I love kids reading. I love people exchanging ideas. So, yeah, the, you know, writing part-time, teaching. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why yeah. not? Um, away from the corporate life, mm. you've, you've, you've uh, shared of the desire to leave it. Mm. What would an ideal lifestyle be for you? Oh, okay. Um, having a really nice house, like a small, tiny cottage in the country somewhere. Something that reminds me of Turi. Do you know we lived in a wooden house in Turi? It was so beautiful. 
like even the smell do you know the smell of wood when it's cold i still have that you know the smells the air the crispiness the sound of the river when you slept the sound of the insects you know the crickets the leaves oh my god anyway that would be my dream like a nice like be a plant mom like abu have some plants <laughs> in the house have some flowers have a dog oh my lord i love dogs beethoven 2.0 yeah um oh man um have a dog um yeah yeah are we writing are we yes of course mm. the whole purpose of the house is just to have a place that's of peace and i can write mm. yeah i i i see I actually like now right now as we speak have two books inside of me i don't know how long that's going to take but the second book hopefully not as long as what leaves has taken but i have ideas so many i thank god thank god that inspiration is hitting um but i have a lot of ideas for yeah books i'd like to write yeah. yeah yeah and 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 spending a bit of time on maybe not too much time on leaves of me yeah. what was your writing process let's even the manuscript self clothing self clothing <laughs> um <laughs> you oh god that's a, a great force yeah i know oh my god um and then after that you procrastinate then after that you stare at the screen and then after that Um you know one of the things that helps me is getting like using that channeling that self-loathing and that despair <laughs> and just going like okay let's get into this and um I remember um Hanzima the, the 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 video for time the 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 soundtrack and I was thinking you know I love Hanzima if there's anyone in Hollywood that like if i had a chance to meet like if i was told actor although i love james l jones okay okay well let me not put it that way i would love to meet hanzima because his music stirs my soul um he tells stories with his music it's incredible so anyway i'm watching um the video for time on youtube and i'm seeing how you're transitioning like how they in the dream world and now they are older and so you're sinking into this like really deep artistic space and you're just in the depths then now suddenly when you're there you go like okay fine now i'm going to attack it and then once you get into that place of you've gone past the despair the first level second level then it starts to flow yeah that's my writing process is that sustainable though as um as a motivation um no Or no how are you thinking about it no i think that's how you i began um but i was writing in arusha and it's very calm and the people there are very very down to earth me i love down i mean i grew up in turi so I, i there's none of this optics like you know we are so optical in kenya what phone do you have what car do you drive where do you live like address you know you say you say you live somewhere people automatically so when i'm there i'm able to really decompress and just be me walk take walks like i used to love taking walks as a child and then you just have a beautiful view and everything is calm people are saying hello to each other It, like the vibe there mm-hmm. the vibe of that nation is just okay so you don't apart from when they're snitching apart from when they're, hey, they're snitches <laughs> man those guys those guys are can make really good spies but they're also trained by the russians so um the communists you have to you have to have a snitching network if you're <laughs> you know what i mean um but um when you're in an environment like that even you have no reason to self-loathe because it's like you're a human being i see you i accept you i love you 
you know, noni, pole na kazi, po, you know, they just, you just exist. Whereas here, it's like rat race, rat race, rat race, rat race, yeah. Interesting. And and so how how are you thinking? So you already have two books in you. Let's say there's the next one. That, yeah. Um, whose embers are really, really burning right now. Yes, yes, they are. Um, how are you thinking about maybe the process of writing it? Are you thinking of recreating the same environment? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to write in the same room I wrote. Okay. Um, it was really nice. Actually, the poetry at the end, the wasp happened to me in my writing room. It used to come exactly at three o'clock, um, the wasp in my book. Uh, and then the poem at the end for the trees and the leaves, that happens. So I was, I, it rains a lot there. And then get get this, Tanzanians do not own umbrellas. When it rains, people don't panic. You know, Kenyans, we act like the rain is going to melt us. Like, oh, them, they're just like, oh, you know, like, like my, you know, they say we're busy being born. Like Kenyans, like the moment you see rain, there's even traffic. Like, you know, we're like, eh, there it rains. I'm like, oh, nice rain, you know. People don't even own umbrellas. They're like, it's just rain. But yeah, people are selling um, hairnets because people's hairs, you know, it's it's panic, panic. But then they're like, oh, it's just raining. So it rained one day and I was in the writing room and I saw the leaves glistening like rubber in the end of the poem. So it's just, like I said, it's, it's a place where, you know, it's the bare necessities of life. So when you're in that space and everybody is... Some, let me put it this way. People there seem more content than people here. And, there's a, and they cut across class. So like someone who's driving in a Mercedes Benz will open his window and talk to the guy in the Mkwakoteni, depending on who's older, and be like, ah, bari so they see each other and it cuts ar- across. Because here in Kenya, the moment you see someone, you're like, Chui! then they open their window and they're like, how was your day? No, how was your day? You know? And they know each other. So there's like, there are people, they're more content. They have more community. So when you're in that space, you're just like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm also okay. I'm seen, I'm fine, you know. Yeah. So it's 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 like a, like one of my closest friends was Daudi Mchungaji, the, the guard who I used to live. And he's, you know, people there are just so incredible. Just very nice people. And you're encouraged to be nice. You're encouraged to say please. You're encouraged to say hello. You know, so it's a, it's a nice space. Amazing. Nice. Um, before we, I realize we've been going for one hour, 50 minutes or so. What? So as, yeah, um, in the interest of time, and we want to be very respectful of that. Um, you, you've talked, we, we've seen traces of your relationship, mm-hmm. um, at least very sadly, with, mm. with religion and talking about, you know, Machakos um, people's back for a church mm, thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, before we get into the play, how how's that? What's your relationship with um, those components? God, religion, spirituality, whatever you may. And how yeah. has that changed over the years? If it has. It has. Um, you know, I often think about how Christianity, like back to Dune and the Bene Gesserit and how Christianity was used as a colonial tool. Um, where you're preaching this religion, but underneath it, under the belly of this religion, you're coming to subjugate and control our people. And you know what? Um, was it George Orwell or Karl Marx? Karl Marx said that it's the opium of the masses. masses yeah. And then you see how people respond because you create this system and you can't criticize it because you're criticizing God. And who wants to criticize a creator? You know, um, I, I've been very disillusioned with, with church 
um, and the things that I have observed in the church, um, the class systems, the, the, the bias, the, 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 the materialism, the greed, the judgment. Oh, my God, the judgment. Um, the, you know, because even right now, like, it's so sad that the church, could, for me, me personally as an individual, they, they can't talk to me about politics because they already abused that role, you know. Um, so for me, this, the, the structure and where we go to church is not as it used to be or what I thought it was, it was, which is fine because God is the divine. You know, it's, he's in me. You know, there's a part of me that will never die, the soul, my flesh. My flesh will go, my heart, whatever. But, you know, I love that, you know, the soul we owe to God. That is immortal. And it is it is the most intimate and personal relationship. So whether you're a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Christian, whatever you are, and you have that intimate relationship with your creator, whoever he may be, or whatever you may believe in or may not believe in. But for me personally, the, the intimacy of my relationship with God is not something that can be defined even by Christianity. Because thank God we have tools like the Bible. You read it for yourself. Um, so, but the structure itself, oof, I just look at it. And and, 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 the, and the saddest part is, is that people allow it to happen. Like they see the abuses in the church and it's like, oh, it's just the order of the day. You know, that's sad. Um, but I think... In that, that being said, when you find God for yourself, not at your pastor or whatever, I think it's more beautiful and more gratifying. Thank you yeah, for that. I love it. Thank you for that, Maze. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's make it a little lighter as we wrap up. Yeah, Sorry, we, we, nobody, we haven't made any jokes. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> but we've laughed a lot. Have uh, we? We've giggled here and there. And speaking giggled, of which, yeah. uh, when, when is what's the most recent memory of you heartily laughing on a jewel you laughed oh. your, your heart out you know my friends from pangani joan and connie we used to laugh with our livers i've never had a relation although i have that with my cousin washuka she's going to boarding school tomorrow my baby's all grown up um she's the one we can hang out and we just were very silly together um but when joan and connie and i were together like the laugh when you're laughing paka you're like your ribs and i think there's a certain there are certain there are different friends that know you so well you know that they just say one thing even with a look they're like mm-hmm, and then you start laughing um and i hope that some of us can hold on to those people because we need them i would love to marry someone who makes me laugh because like life is just so like so like if I if I sometimes I look at Conan O'Brien and I'm like I wonder what he's like as a husband you know because Conan makes me laugh and I love his sense of humor so I'm always like I wonder like what because you know you could be a comic but then also because also these people who use humor like also very depressed people so I'm like I wonder what that's like in marriage because like I'm like if I was married to someone like Conan O'Brien or someone who had that kind of humor what would that look like because I love laughter and I think laughter is a tonic of the suffering of life or the struggling. <laughs> suffering. The struggling. Abu, Abu, <laughs> Abu doesn't like the word mm. suffer. Um, I think, okay, let me put it better. Um, I think laughter is a tonic of the struggle of life. Um, amazing. Um, you already alluded to this, but I'll go ahead and ask the second part of that question. So if you had a chance to have dinner with two people. Okay. 
dead or alive once in a lifetime opportunity could those be already mentioned one hansheimer hansheimer i don't know if no hansheimer is still alive no yes, so no dead or alive. Oh, dead or alive oh oh oh, oh right dead or alive <laughs> oh my god oh my god these questions are usually so interesting um i would love to have dinner with robert kennedy yeah um that's one um and then the second person probably my grandfather cuz i not my the one the book is dedicated my from my mom's side because there's so much i didn't know and i would love 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 the chance to see it and hear from him um robert kennedy because like i watched his documentary i think it's called american son and i wept because he was you know like i what he talked about like politics if the educated and the trained do not participate then who will you have not just a responsibility but an opportunity to make a difference and he said that the greeks well, the greek word for an idiot that it was for someone who did not participate mm-hmm. in politics and people struggled black men were beaten up our grand harithuku was in the central police station for you to have the right to contribute and participate in political matters and then you shouldn't take that lightly so i think in terms of i think cuz whenever i think i need a reigniting in politics i think of robert kennedy so that's why i would love to meet him and my guka um zekarioki yeah yeah we must ask ourselves why was the voter turnout in Nairobi this year at 50% apathy voter apathy <sighs> Yeah, we could go we could go into that tangent you, for a minute. But I think I wish people would just take a moment, just take a moment and not see yourself in the present. I know we should live in the present. We're busy we're busy to see, but just take a moment and see yourself in the snapshot of history and ask yourself if you'd want to remain neutral. That's all I'd say. Because people sacrificed. Men and women, our grandparents were beaten flogged humiliated for us to participate in political matters you know and then you come and you in the present in the snapshot and you have children who are coming after you and you do not want to participate that is true mm. and we must always ask ourselves i think it's good to ask ourselves let me not say must um, about what responsibility we have and opportunity for those coming after us exactly yeah? um, it's not about you yeah mm. definitely yeah th- there is an imp- we must pay attention to both those who are here and those who are to come we have we owe them something yeah, yeah. so what does that um, look like um we want to play around a bit yes for sure um, let's sure. as we do that um uh, if if you are to have a quote actually let me not start with that let me yeah, go to yeah that's like the closer as, yeah um what book are you reading right now and slash and or mm. what book do you mostly would you mostly gift to people if you you, you do that at all Uh I do but it depends on the person you know like Abu's look at Abu's collection like <laughs> I just looked at his bookshelf now I'd have like a clearer picture of what book to give him maybe something like Abu Nwasi yeah <laughs> would I be would, is that a good okay. choice yeah now we've had the joke though yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you we do it. i'm looking get i'm looking for juakalulu those things were amazing yeah. things were amazing yeah, sure. yeah. um mm, I think If I was giving a book gift, I think I'd give um 
fish right now there's britain's gulag I mean, right in now, kenya not britain britain's gulag in kenya like know your history man okay yeah got it um growing up you grew up in turi yeah. yeah um did you have access to mabuyu kashata any of that or was that uh, maybe too bougie within like a bundu's environment okay what's that okay uh, seriously <laughs> okay, i'm serious for real no. for real I, I'm so sorry. Even when I was growing up, I was being told, do you know Britney Spears? I'm like, who's that? <laughs> you <laughs> know Ben Mabuyu, Kashata were like snacks. Oh, they're snacks. The snacks mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Snacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. I was an artist. I'm so Mab- sorry. Mabuyu, <laughs> <laughs> Kashata. <laughs> no, but we, 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 we only got uh, access to those things, like Mabuyu's, like yeah. when, we, when we were in high when I was in Naivasha. Yeah. yeah, but in Turin, let's not go to the snacks. Let's go mm. to a methali instead. Mm. Let's make your, your teacher proud. Eh? Yes. Kamilisha methali. Uwi, jamani, na don't misemi. worry. Don't okay. worry. If, you, if, you, if you don't get it, akunanga punishment. <laughs> Mgeni njo mm-hmm. dot dot dash dash. Mgeni njo mgeni njo dash dash. Mgeni njo. Kamande unajua? Ah okay eh uh-huh. ah, I don't know this one yeah, yeah. Ah, uh-huh. and you know I was helping Washuka with her inches at you asie shinda you know you know you have to use those ones to get extra yeah. marks yeah yeah and yeah. I, I need by the way I need to seriously start reading I have some Kiswahili books like um Utengano Utengano yeah um, I mean but I need to to seriously get into reading Kiswahili yeah yeah, yeah. Oh good. Oh good, Maze. Um before we do the final question, Maze, we could also just start by saying we definitely celebrate you. We are excited for the at, at least two books inside there. Yeah. So so we are excited for, for so many more. Thank you for saying that. Are we seeing a comic book uh, anytime soon? I don't know if I'd call myself a comic book writer. I'm, yeah. I'm You're just a fan. I'm a fan yeah. and I love buying them for my nephews. Um, although now I don't have access to them because I'm like and wako like stop mothering um, yeah. by um by proxy um, so prose prose yeah that's prose, what you and us. then children's books children's okay books. okay yeah but i wouldn't mind writing a comic but i celebrate comic book writers like mtende and um point blank and there's a young man derito so i bought all those ones and there's another guy who wrote jateko Um, I'm also going to donate those ones to the library because the kids need to see these things, you know. They do, they do. Yeah. And those kids are amazing. And they got Kindles. Bill and Melinda uh, bought them Kindles. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, wait, are we speaking about the Gates? Yeah, the Gates. The Gates uh, bought very, very nice Kindles they, that are then the Kibera. Yeah, Kibera National Library. Okay. So the kids are reading. So let's make sure they get more books. Besides your book, which other uh, contemporary writer would you would you like shout out? Oh, Chimamanda. Ngozi uh-huh. Andichie, of course. The beautiful, the glorious, the goddess. Give me back my rapper. You know that thing for uh, our African art being in the museums and like, you guys can't take care of it. I'm like, is this? Sometimes you hear some of the things that are said and you're like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? with like, Did you just hear what you said? We made this bronzes, like, but they're being returned. The Benin bronze, You, we made these things. And then you're there like, I don't think you can, what? Yeah. So I really like that. Like, give me back my rapper. And even Julius Nyerere said, you can't come and steal my jacket and then tell me that I'm not ready to receive my jacket. Mm. Um, I think 
one of the things we need to be very conscious of as Africans is this the narration and what we can or what we do or don't deserve. And I think right now Africans are questioning, which is right, which is really good. Yeah. But I think like when I think about it, I think about like the Lord of the Rings, the ring, um, the ring of power mm-hmm. that we don't have to, you don't have to use the, you know, Sauron's ring to, you know, like, how do I put it? Okay. So like, like for us, we were colonized and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that we don't have to do the same thing or use the same ring of power to get ahead. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We need to throw it into the fire, you, you know depths of Mordor, you know, that kind of dominant patriarchal system where like we can be the littlest, which is like the hobbits, and we can take this system of dominance and violence and and discrimination and throw it into the fiery pits of Mordor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was the Dalai Lama one of um, Mm -hmm. those guys um, said that hatred does not cease by hatred. Mm-hmm. Hated seasons by love. Yes, absolutely. And two wrongs don't make a right. So I think also like, I think that's also a fear people have. Like the people who have been subjugated, what happens when they're empowered? I mean, I'm just like, me, I'm empowered because I'm empowered. I'm not empowered thinking about how I'm going to come over and dominate you. I'm no. empowered because I'm empowered. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, Maze. Asante sana. Now think about this. Mm. You could even choose to shut your eyes for this one. But however, okay? which way, yeah? Yeah. Chimamanda. Yes. Dr. Kiru. Yes. Nyerere. Yes. Ngogiva Thiongo. Oh, yes. And all the African greats, yeah? Mm-hmm. Are standing on this huge podium. Okay. And uh, a couple of them are speaking. Okay. Yeah? But on this particular one, you standing right there beside them. Whoa. You have not been given a chance to speak. But you have a T-shirt on. And on this T-shirt, there's a little message you've written. Mm-hmm to your African people in the audience, and we are trillions of us, mm. what short message would that be? It could be a quote, it could be something you like reminding yourself, it could be something you deeply want your work and your life to speak on. So what would that quote be? It could change, but at this very moment that we see it, what could that quote be? Sankofa. Which means? It is not too late to go back for that which you have forgotten. Yeah. Thank you for that. And the last ask from us. Yeah. How about she does a piece of your work? Yeah, before, uh, uh, as you do that, yeah. where can people get... get Nuria. A, Nuria. Uh, Nuria. Nuria? I, I, like the first time I heard the name of that bookstore, I wanted to sing that song. Nuria. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Nuria bookstore. Oh my God. It's incredible. Um, Nuria. 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 Just Google it. Online. Nuria. Online. Dot, dot, yeah. dot com. Dot com. Dot, I think it's dot co.ke. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, okay. we'll put a link on. Yes, on the link it. please. Yeah? Yes, yeah, and it's and an amazing bookstore. Amazing, amazing. Um, online and physically, is there a place people yes, can buy? Yes, they 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 have a physical store as well as an online store. Um, so they it's in town. It's I think in Moy Avenue. Okay. but for those people who are busy and people who hit, um, those who don't want to go to town, you can have a writer bring you a book. Okay. Um, but it's also there physically. It's a beautiful bookstore that supports Kenyan and African and even international writers. No, shout like, out to Nuria. Shout out to Nuria, man. Bule Abdi. Amazing. Like, and and where can people um, talk to you, engage you, ask you questions? Twitter. 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 Uh, by the way, I love Twitter. 
like if that's a social media that's like for my book for book marketing it's twitter and also maybe linkedin like and i i just recently got back to linkedin because i you know imposter syndrome like you go on linkedin and everybody's like you know optics yeah everyone is i'm happy and glad to say that i've joined or i've started yeah, yeah. I, i also did that with nuria which is like <laughs> but you know uh, it's very optical but twitter twitter is real even last night book twitter was trending mm-hmm. so twitter twitter Please feel at free. Noni at I am Noni Mina. I am Noni Mina. I mostly talk about my book DC, Zack Snyder, The Goat, and community. Uh, Star Wars. I'm also a geek. I'm I'm chini ya maji ya geek. Clearly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and we and we celebrate you for that. Yeah. that. Thank you so much for making time. Thank you so um, much for having me. What do your close friends call you? Muthoni? Noni. 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 Okay, thank you so much, Noni, for yeah. making time to thank be with us here, for sharing your stories. Um, Mato, to, we were laughing at the beginning of the episode because um, we didn't feel very ready for this episode because somehow, some, yeah, it, it was very, let me not say hard. We, mm. we struggled finding material about you and preparing oh. and doing our research. I intentionally not I intentionally. Online. I I I do not actually if I was if it wasn't for the leaves of May I wouldn't have been online. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah so much when I was like okay, we uh, as we were doing our research we're like okay, we're struggling to find enough material. But Mato yeah. told me you'll enjoy talking to her because she's a good conversationalist and she's Aww. just all around the, good um, people to to talk to and Pangani girls to tea noisemaker sweeper. <laughs> when I was informed to I used to sleep the class every day for talking in during preps. It's always nice to f- meet fellow noisemakers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for making time for engaging us for all your lessons and we wish you nothing but all the best, all the happiness, all the peace and most importantly from me to you lightness of body and spirit. Thank you so much. Stay busy being born. We celebrate you. We see you. We acknowledge you. We encourage Aww. you. We are here for all of you. Thank you. Amazing. And that's and that's incredible um coming from you guys and I love bumping into you know men. I'll I'll share a quote that changed me profoundly before I read. Uh, I, my first paper in campus was the feminist movement and I remember my teacher was like that's too wide of a topic. But it was my first paper. What did I know? and i read about mary wollstonecraft so like she's she's considered like to be like the philosopher of feminism and this is what she said she's considered to be one of the most uh, she's considered uh, one of the founding feminist philosophers and she wrote a vindication of the rights of women and she argued that women were not inferior to men because um, bec- but they appear to be because they lacked education but men 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 and women should be treated as rational beings and she imagined a social order founded on reason so one of the most profound quotes i got on feminism was it's not, it's not power over men it's power over yourself are you a man are you a woman find power over yourself you know so that's one of the quotes that really deeply and and i love connecting with human beings because at the end of the day yes i'm black i'm african i'm kenyan i'm kikuyu i'm a woman but i am also like what god told moses i am what i am No, I'm not just this social constructs. I am what I am and I love connecting and being around such positive male figures also who see you and accept you and say, you know, we already knew you had the power in you. We see it. It's not like it's anything new. So I celebrate you guys also and thank God and I'm looking forward to writing this really positive story about, you know, fathers 
you know. And I'm grateful that my parents got busy, and that's why I was born. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a first again. Kind of going back to Buddhism as we yeah. wrap up, I think, yeah, I'm that B -B -B. guy. B B B. Um, that's the first mind-changing reflection that the Buddha taught, which is the mm. preciousness of human birth. Mm. Like that's if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have anything else, right? We wouldn't be busy being born. Yeah, it wouldn't be anything unless you're born in the first place and yeah. just appreciating that. So again, thank you so much. Um and to all of you listening, sorry about that. Um, thank you so much for joining yeah. with us before Noni read something for us. Yeah. Please buy um go to nuria.co.ke or nuria.com. We'll put the link on the show notes yeah. and buy leaves of May and um look out for more of Noni's amazing work coming up. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening, Maze. You know where to find us. Our socials are busy. We are hoping to have Jackie on board. Yay, uh, Jackie! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the whole team that Tunendelea uh, now on a job. Uh, thank you so much, Abu, uh, for your for your path, uh, personal growth. Thank you for the space. Thank you for the work that you do meticulously on this podcast. For the space, man, for the evolution of this space that we recorded very soon coming to the visuals. It's, yeah. a, it's a challenge to us. Eh? I'm excited for that. Yeah, it should be yeah. big. Asante sana, Abo. Uh, and one special shout out. Yeah. If you can, just go to Netflix and watch The Country Queen. Yeah. Abu, oh. man. Abu has Abu's in there, yeah? Bro. Yeah. And also, now that before, I know you were saying we are going to end. Also, <laughs> go to Showmax and watch. County 49? Yeah. Yes, County 49. Martin. Martin Kigondo yeah. right here is one of the writers. Yeah. So please do those two things and yeah, support support the team, man. Support the team. Support Kigondo and Africans and are telling their yeah. stories. Yes, they Beautiful. are, Maze. Yeah. Yo, look out for Abu, man. He's doing the thing. Check out the 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 in the country queen series. Yes, series, the TV queen. series. Maze he's done a dope job. I keep hearing about his scene with Nice. Just for that, I will watch it. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go watch it. Now. Yes, please do. Please do. Yeah. Uh, boys, oh, I man. don't have Netflix though. Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. You could borrow one of our accounts to one be honest. Just, okay. like, just to watch that <laughs> show. Yes, 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 please. Just, just to watch that show. I used to I used That's to be a hangers on yeah. like from last year and then Netflix is like, nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No worries, no worries. So Asante Nisana, ladies and gentlemen, stay busy being born. We are on the socials at busy being born underscore on both Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, we are at the Busy Being Born Podcast. And you know our website, Natujua, find us there. Check us out. Even we actually should have uh, one of our latest blogs out, speaking of uh, the, the, the age thing. Yeah. Uh, so check it out on our website, which is busybeingborn.africa. Asante nice. Nisana. Thank you so much. Noni will uh, do the closer for us with uh, something from her book. You could choose actually any passage yeah, you no, like. I'll choose the poem based, inspired by the tree after the rain. Uh -huh. Okay. Aye, so right before you do, ladies and gentlemen, we wish you well. Stay busy being born. You know what we say. If you're not busy being born, then you're probably busy not leaving. I'm Kamade. Kigondu. Peace. Peace. The leaves of May. A leaf will fall on the ground because it knows it's time. The tree will never know the debt they owe to the leaf. Brown and decayed, the leaf falls. It mulches into the soil, enriching it. Like the leaves in our family trees, we are the stories that grow from within. Our souls are the leaves that make music with the wind when we shuffle together in harmony. The branches are the stage where we build our nests. 
We're the musicians who patch themselves and sing songs of love and songs of hope. Flowers blossom and fruits ripen before the memory of beauty fades. Our roots speak the language of the living and the dead. They are the ones who came before us, the ancestors we cannot see. The storms arrive and the leaves cry with the rain, even when the water leaves them glistening like rubber. Now the musicians play songs of sorrow. The trees will always aim for the sky above and their branches reach out to eternity for they speak the language of heaven and earth. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do look out for more from us. For now, Kwaheri.